0: You're listening to your Dental Top 5 podcast with Amanda Hill, informing you on the top trends in dentistry every Thursday. Brought to you by the creators of a Tale of Two Hygienist podcast. And now, here's your host, Amanda Hill. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of your Dental Top 5, where we take trending topics in dentistry and break them down into five usable highlights that you can take back to your op, your life, just look smarter at your next dinner party, I'm your host, Amanda Hill. Before we hop into today's episode, I wanted to take another second just to read another review that we have gotten. So Easy Street Jerkwork, whoever you are, said, the host has an awesome voice and this is such an informative podcast. I love that it's only 15 minutes because it's the perfect amount of time for me. Hand raised, hand raised. So thank you so much for For taking the time to leave a review. And the rest of you listening, please take a second and rate and review the podcast so that it makes it easier for other people to find and we can continue to grow this podcast because, man, it is just fun. Now, on to the show. So today's episode is a really interesting one, and it's one that is not my wheelhouse. And you all know that I love to dig into places that aren't my wheelhouse so I can learn more. So today we have Barb Stackhouse, RDH, is coming on to tell us the top five steps to practice profit. So Barb, thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Glad to be here.
0: So tell me a little bit about your journey. Like, how did you get to this point? Because I got to tell you, business not my thing. I'm a hygienist and the numbers aren't my thing, but you're a hygienist and numbers are your thing. Yes,
1: Yeah, it is funny that that has just been the area that um, made the most sense to me. And uh, so as a hygienist, I worked clinical for, you know, good 10 years right out of um, hygiene school, full time, raising my kids, you know, it was great. And then I went back to school and actually taught the technical skills. So I got, I honed some of my speaking skills and and being in front of a classroom by teaching the technical side of things. Um, and then we had a big move to Arizona. And so I actually worked at the Schuster Center and that's where I learned the practice management side. And I also worked in Dr. Schuster's practice. So I got to keep my hand in the clinical side, but I really learned, um, you know, the, the practice management and that's where I kind of fell in love with figuring out the numbers of the practice. And uh, then we moved to Nashville, Tennessee. I ended up opening my own business and I found Profit First. So you may have heard of that. It's a book written by Mike Um, but it, he doesn't really know dentistry. So I took, I went and did all the training with him and became a Profit First professional and then mastery level. And so I used that model for dentists, utilizing the knowledge that I have from all those years of business management experience and and doing the numbers. Um, and I'm currently writing the book, co-writing the book, Profit First for Dentists. So that'll be coming out in 2021.
0: Uh, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Yeah.
1: So that's kind of been my journey is just getting me to this point where I have this um, program. My My business is called More to Life because dentists would always say to me, there's got to be more to life than this. And I, I think true for hygienists too, right? Absolutely. We can get yeah. burnout so fast. And when you understand, you know, the profitability model and understand that the hygiene department is a business within the business, whatever we do for the practice, we also need to be cognizant of for the hygiene department as well. And we need to be a team effort in that. So anyway, that's that's kind of where I got to with Profit First. And here I am. <laughs>
0: I love it. I think you're so right because as as hygienists, I think sometimes we can get so stuck in those four walls of our mm-hmm. op and just not understand you know what we're doing or you just get caught in like it's like groundhog day. You know, I'm doing the same thing. Why am I doing the same thing? What am I doing the same thing for? And so really to to get a better grasp about the impact that you make to the practice. I mean, that just makes you feel more valuable and mm-hmm. and you know, like you're bringing something to the table every time every day when you show up. And then I think really, you know, getting in with with the dentist and having that better relationship that you, you know, really working together on a business level, I think really would bring some more satisfaction to some hygienists that might be floundering right now. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I, I think, too, it, it helps you to understand, um, your, you know, your own salary and and how when you bring added value to the practice and you increase, you know, the value, then you also increase what you are paid. So. If you're looking to to make more, you have to bring value to the practice in some way.
0: Absolutely. For sure. Well, let's launch into the top five. So what is number one way to practice profit?
1: So the number one way is to use a cash flow management system. So that
0: sounds confusing. It
1: does. And all it means is money in and money out. And so typically, a, a dentist will use something like QuickBooks to, you know, uh, track their expenses, you know, to pay their bills. And it's it's used for tax purposes. And there's this report off of QuickBooks. It's called the Profit and Loss Report. And the Profit and Loss Report shows here's the income that came in, and then here's all of these expenses. But the unfortunate thing is not all of the cash that goes out are classified as expenses. There are loan payments. And what dentist doesn't have a loan, right? There's
0: Absolutely. So
1: just looking at a profit and loss report isn't going to give you this number that you're looking for, the cash in, cash out. And that's why um, I went to the profit first method because it truly is, okay, what cash came in and what cash came out? The same thing is true of our hygiene department. So if we look at our production in our hygiene department, there's cash coming in, you know, production and collection. Then we also have some expenses associated with our hygiene department, just like the practice does. So we pay the hygienist. That's one of our expenses in that department. But we also have expenses like hygiene supplies that the doctor doesn't use. We have supplies that are shared like bibs and gauze squares and suction tips that are used by both the doctor and the hygienist. So we have to have formulas to figure out what are those expenses for the hygiene department. So that's part of what I do is help practices see what's their profitability just in the hygiene department. What's their profitability overall as a practice? And we use a cash management system to figure that out.
0: That's so interesting. This just got me thinking and we might get there, but knowing this and understanding some of the numbers also would help me as a hygienist when, let's say, I want the newest airflow technology. And that costs a lot of money. And so then how do I then bring, you know, speak value to that so that my dentist will see, yes, that is worth me buying for the hygiene department.
1: Absolutely. That is so true. And you can use this in so many ways, but that is a perfect example of the added value in making a purchase like that, and then factoring in how that's going to increase the revenue as well um there's definitely a value add with that
0: awesome, awesome well, what's number two?
1: number two is for this is more for dentists to understand that we want them to pay themselves first, pay yourself first, so we flip this formula let the the formula for how dental practices have operated. Since the early 1900s, any business has operated. Is you have all your sales, you collect your money, then you pay all your bills, and then whatever is left over is what you get to take home. Well, you're always waiting for the leftovers. Okay. So with profit first, we flip that around and we actually pay ourselves first, and then we pay our expenses. So we set aside the money to pay our taxes, to pay the doctor's salary, to pay to set aside some profit, to set aside some money that if we want to buy that piece of equipment, we've got the cash to do it, right? Here comes the airflow. Then we pay all of the expenses. And the reason we do this, it's a psychological thing. When you have less in a bank account, you spend less right?
0: That's true. So That's 100% true. When you
1: want to see if you have money to make a purchase, you go to your bank account, you open it up. We do this at home too, in our home budgets. Yep. We open up our bank account Every January, yes.
0: I definitely spend way less <laughs> than <laughs> any other month because yes. I have to like... <laughs>
1: That's right. So <laughs> we Christmas. use that to our advantage by setting up multiple bank accounts. This is what Profit First is. And so we set up an account for profit. We set up an account for to pay the owner. We set up an account to pay the taxes. And we set up an account to pay all the bills, the expenses. But because we've divvied up the money in those accounts, there's less in each one. And most importantly, there's less in that expense category. And it forces us to get resourceful and figure out how to spend less on our expenses. So
0: that's fascinating. You know, that would even work at home.
1: Yes, Oh, it does. Just our
0: home budget. Yeah,
1: it's so if it's called the old envelope system, you know, like my grandparents did. Um, Dave Ramsey teaches this. I was going to say, I think it's a Dave Ramsey. It is totally for sure. So yes, you can do it in with your personal expenses as well, and it works great. And it just means you set aside a certain percentage for each of these things that you know um, that you're going to be paying every month, and then it's there. The money's there.
0: That's awesome. All right. So what's number three? Number
1: three is to organize your expenses. Okay.
0: Oh, organize. Okay. I know, right?
1: <laughs> um, so we have that category called expenses, operating expenses, and we're gonna put some money in there, but it's just like one big, you know, lump sum of money that goes in there. So in dentistry, we need to know what gets spent for what purpose. So in for the whole practice, we wanna, you know, we have to see what do we pay our team? What what are we paying for? the building, the the rent. Um, what are we paying for equipment? We may have loans. What are we paying for supplies? What are we paying for a lab? And we break it out into these categories where we can begin to look at what what should the percentage be? What is it? And then where can we start to cut and make some some savings? The same is true in our hygiene department. I mentioned that there's a profitability report. So we have hygiene salaries. We have the hygienists use a portion of the space in the building. Um, we have supplies. We don't usually, right? We don't usually have a lab fee for hygiene, so that's one expense they don't have allocated to them. But all the other things that are the same for the practice get, you know, expensed out in the hygiene department too. So we have to organize those things, and we create categories and we track it based on those categories. Once you organize it then you can look at it from a different perspective.
0: And then you can really see, I I feel like it gives you a better idea when you want to bring in that new home care, you know, regimen, you want to, you know, you want to bring something in or again, back to, you know, you want that new piece of technology Mm -hmm. or you want all new ultrasonic tips. Um, You know, those are the kind of things that I think then help you figure out, okay, this is what we can do right now. And this is what we need to put off. And that makes a lot of sense. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what's number
1: four? Number four, then, is once you get that um, that chart of accounts or, you know, those categories organized, then we can begin to reduce our overhead percentages. So there's two main categories of expenses. There are expenses that are fixed expenses. So loan payments are the same every month. The rent payments the same every month. The salaries are the same every month. Those are fixed expenses. And then we have variable expenses, so variable expenses are things like dental supplies, uh,
0: especially with COVID. Oh my gosh, oh, I think that's really crazy. <laughs> shifted those. Yes,
1: and lab expenses and marketing can be variable, um, and you know certain business expenses that we have. If if we're producing more and collecting more, than, and we're running more credit cards, we're going to have a higher bank service fees. So there's these variable expenses. And so, what I like to start with when I say reduce your overhead percentage is start with the variable expenses because those are the ones we have the most control over. And we can start looking at what is our supply cost? What are we using that supply for? Is it absolutely necessary? Is this the brand we have to have? Is there an alternative? I mean, you ask yourself all these questions. So, reducing your overhead percentage and starting with the variable expenses, honestly, even reducing um, your expenses by 1% makes a huge difference because think about oh,
0: I have a trick I know how they can do it by one percent start using your heavy duty gloves to turn your room over stop using your there gloves. there you go think about how many yes. less gloves you'll use if you're actually using your heavy duty gloves, like you're supposed like to like you're supposed
1: to but you know think about like a practice is a million dollar practice right they're bringing in a million dollars in revenue if we can save if everybody on the team can work together and we can save one percent yeah that's ten thousand dollars in a I'll year. Take that. Right. That's huge because that $10,000 could be put in that profit account or an equipment account. There's our money, right? And I'm telling you, you can do more than one. <laughs> you can yeah. do more than 1%. So reduce your overhead percentage. That's number four.
0: I love it. All right. So what's number five then?
1: And then number five is where we really get into the weeds and you have to know your cost per procedure. Okay. So this is there's formulas to figure all this out. So and and rather than kind of dive into all of the weeds, let me just kind of give you an overview of this. When you know how much it costs to run your office on an hourly basis. So in your software, you can see like your production per hour, right? Well, you can do the same thing with your expenses. Once you know what all of your expenses are, divide it out by how many hours you are available right that, now yeah, you know your expense sense. per hour and you can break that down even into units of time that's the number you want to look at and say this is my expense this is what it's costing me to do business now look is my production per hour okay with that and look at different procedures how long how long does it take me to do that procedure you know and you can do that for the doctor you can do that for hygiene as well. But you have to first figure out what all your expenses are in each of those areas.
0: So from a hygiene perspective, what I'm thinking when I hear you talking, you know, there's a lot of things in the hygiene chair that I I do or I can do that maybe aren't billable. Mm-hmm. And at some offices, that becomes like, no way, don't even do it. And then, of course, there's other offices that I've worked in where they're really great and they understand that, yes, I... I I, we might have just had a new patient appointment where all I did was x-rays. You know, the only thing we charged out for was x-rays and exam. And then, you know, but I'm going to bring them back for scaling and root planing and all of that, you know, so it's okay to have that lower production time. I, does this really help? Like when you understand that, does this really help you or maybe help the office make peace with that yes. sort of lower production time? It does because you're I looking
1: at it overall, you know, not just one appointment of the day, but how did the whole day flow? And so just like the doctor doesn't just schedule fillings all day, you know, they've, they've got some high production stuff they're scheduling. They've got some emergency time. They've got some, you know, mid-level production and they've got some things that, you know, they're going to, somebody's going to come back and see a crown and that isn't really a production day, but we have to factor that in with the whole crown prep, Right. So the same is true for hygienists. And we don't often think of the hygiene department as having different types of appointments, but they do. They have high level uh, production appointments and they have lower level ones. And you have to make sure that every day is planned out and you can color code that, you know, in your schedule. So it's the same thing. It's looking at it from the big picture, you know, overall, like maybe the whole year, the whole month, and then the day and breaking it down like that.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I was just listening to a podcast with uh, the OSAP podcast and Michelle Lee and Michelle Strange were talking about telehealth and really adding in more telehealth. And she made such a great point. Like, you don't take up chair time. You don't Mm -hmm. use PPE. You know, all of those things, but that there's a great value add in in taking that time to do, you know, a quick consult or do a follow up or things like that through telehealth. So maybe that's another way to save that one percent.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many ways. And, you know, I'm a big um, proponent of having systems in place because it increases your efficiency when everyone on the team knows what to do. You know, you're not dependent on a person. You're dependent on a system. And everyone can pick up the pieces, and and if they know the system, everything can flow, and then we don't have service failures with the patient.
0: Yeah. Well, and for me, that means I don't forget to do something. That's like right. When I have a good system, like I'm like, oh, I forgot their blood pressure. Like, no, this is part of my system. That's this right. Is part of what I do every time. Yeah. So, well, this has been really great, Barbara. I, I uh, these tips are even. I'm thinking in my own life, like how yeah. I can incorporate these tips into my home budget as we're coming. Into the Christmas season. Of course, this is airing in February, but, you know, I'll, I'll hopefully have put some of these in uh, in place by the time we listen to this. And, and maybe my budget won't be so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you will. <laughs> yes. Well, let's review the top five. So number one is use a cash management system. Yep. Number two is pay yourself first.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Number three is organize your expenses. Yes. Number four is reduce that overhead percentage even by 1%. Yes. Yes. And number five is know your cost for per procedure. This is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. You are welcome. If people want to reach out to you, how can they, uh, how can they get in touch with you?
1: I would tell you, just go to my website. Um, it is more to Life, and that's just spelled out, M-O-R-E-T-O-L-I-F-E, moretolife.dental dot dental. Yeah, it's not dot (laughs) com. More to life dot dental. And on there, um, there is a little contact button. Just go there. When you fill out that little form to contact me, it comes direct to my email. So I will get it and I will respond.
0: Perfect. Well, this has been fantastic. I I appreciate these pearls and um, I can't wait to put them into place. Awesome.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: For sure. Well, we all know that only four out of five dentists could agree. So if you have something to add to this top five, or you have an idea for a whole nother top five, email me at amandahillrdh at gmail.com. And I'll be sure to include your dental top five. Make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of your dental top five. Be sure to join us next Thursday to hear more from Amanda.